0: Hi, this is Randy Wimmer and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off podcast. This topic is titled, How ISO Certification Can Give You a Great Return on Investment Over and Over Again. This is a short but very sweet topic, so let's get started. I've been asked several times what overarching strategy I used to lead my companies to a successful exit. Many of the people who ask me this question, they want the silver bullet or secret ingredient that will make their company successful and they're disappointed in my answer. My answer pairs a major theme in Jim Collins' marquee business book, Good to Great. It's called the flywheel effect. In the book, several CEOs who led their good companies to become great companies were asked what their overarching strategy was that made their company so successful. And every single one of them said, it wasn't a single thing. It was a culmination of several things. I won't be so arrogant to state that any of my companies were great or even good, but I must agree with their sentiment. It wasn't a single thing that we did. Having said this, there are things that played major roles in the success of my companies. And one of the most successful things that we did was create a highly effective bid strategy. To share what this strategy is, I must first review how proposals are submitted and reviewed every bid requires two proposals a pricing proposal and a non-pricing proposal a pricing proposal includes your cost workup and other relevant pricing information it's straightforward your non-pricing proposal is commonly called the technical proposal most bidders believe that your technical solution is the most important thing in the technical proposal and it is however is not nearly as important as people think. Let's say that you're bidding on a cybersecurity opportunity and you decide to make a very, very significant investment to hire a cybersecurity expert for your corporate office. This expert does his job well and creates a great solution for your proposal. In fact, the government loves it and thinks it's the best solution proposed. So do you win? Not necessarily. The government is both greedy and bureaucratic. This is how they think. We really like your proposed solution, but how do we know you're going to give us a quality product or service? We want to see your quality control plan. And you're a small business, how are you going to manage this large complex contract? We want to see your management plan, in fact, how are you even going to transition this contract where you gotta go from zero employees at the start of the transition period to being fully staffed by the end of it. And while we're on the topic of staffing, we'd like to see your staffing plan. Since our mission is so important, we also wanna see your risk management plan and your and so on and so on. When the government asks for all these additional items, they must evaluate and score them. These additional items required in the request for proposal tremendously dilutes the weighted value of your proposed technical solution now they don't always ask for these sections sometimes they ask for more or less or different sections such as a compensation plan security plan organizational conflict of interest plan and so on the point that i'm making is is that the government asked for so much information in the rfp that your technical solution is not worth nearly as much as you may think. In fact, in most cases, these additional sections, when combined, are frequently worth more than your proposed technical solution. I call these additional requirements standard sections. And here's the thrust of my bid strategy that has allowed me to win $2 billion in government contracts. These standard sections change very little from bid to bid. For example, if you have a well-written and highly-scored quality control plan, management plan, staffing plan, risk management plan, and so on from a previous bid, then you just drop it in your new proposal and with a few edits, you're good to go. These plans change very little, regardless of the solution being proposed. So here's my strategy. Instead of investing in a specific solution, such as hiring a cybersecurity expert, where I would only get a return on my investment in a cybersecurity bid, I would invest in making standard sections as competitive as they can be so I could reuse them on every bid effort. Investments in your management plan, quality control plan, and other standard sections provide a maximum return on investment. And this return on investment is in an area where you definitely want to have an impact. Winning proposals. Now, the obvious question is, how did I score well on the technical solution? That simple, I partnered with companies that focused on the specific solution. They would write the solution, provide key personnel, and contribute their past performance to the bid effort. This strategy worked really well until I started to get a bit cocky. When my first company started to win larger contracts, I thought that I no longer needed to partner for the solution. My company had great past performances, so why partner? Here's why. I started losing bids to less mature and less capable competitors who partnered with large companies for their solution. I was so proud of my company's $20 to $40 million past performances that I never thought how they would compare to my competitors' past performances who used Northrop Grumman's billion-dollar past performances. Now the question is, how can ISO certification help you maximize your score in the standard sections of a proposal? Let's start with the quality control plan. This is a no brainer. There's only 0.2% of US companies that possess ISO 9001 quality management system certification. Meaning that your quality management system has been audited and assessed to be compliant with the stringent ISO standards. Again, These standards are, without question, the globally accepted best practices for quality management. You have to work really hard to not blow this evaluated factor out of the water. Your ISO program literally writes this section for you. When a separate quality control plan is not required, then it must be addressed in the management section, which is always required. Here's the good news. Your ISO Certified Quality Management System is a management system that will help you address all other management requirements, such as risk management, change management, vendor management, and so on. ISO 9001 certification can help improve your management score as much as your quality control plan. Just think about this. What customer would not become giddy learning about your customer satisfaction plan? In my opinion, the importance of your transition plan for large opportunities cannot be overstated. I used to tell my team that if we can't show that we can take the contract from the incumbent contractor, then we'll never be given the opportunity to do so. Stating that you have a documented ISO certified transition methodology really alleviates a lot of risk concerns from the government. Again, risk is half of your overall evaluated score. And this fact makes your ISO certified risk management plan really stand out. Risk management is a major component of ISO, stating that your risk register, risk management procedures, risk management plans, and so on, have been audited and determined to be compliant with the ISO standards that are again, globally accepted as industry best practices is a major proof point. For the standard sections, I considered my ISO certification to be the gift that kept on giving. Again, invest in making your standard bid sections the absolute best that they can be and partner for the RFP-centric solution piece of it. You will end up with a much better proposal by partnering with proven solution providers while maximizing the proposal sections that the prime bidder is responsible for writing. Now I wanna shift gears. Another thing that I did to help guide my companies to success was benchmark successful companies. I would try to figure out what they were doing to be so successful and try to emulate their success. Simply stated, I wouldn't try to recreate the wheel. If somebody had a blueprint for a wheel, then I would just follow theirs rather than trying to figure it out myself. So if you're gonna benchmark successful small businesses to emulate, Which ones do you choose? Here's the group that I recommend. I recommend GSA OASIS Small Business Awardees. OASIS stands for One Acquisition Solution for Integrated Services. I'll directly quote what the contract vehicle was designed to support. Here's the quote. OASIS is designed to address agencies need for a full range of service requirements that integrate multiple professional service disciplines and ancillary services and products with the flexibility for all contract types and pricing at the task order level. The core disciplines that OASIS addresses are program management, management consulting, scientific, engineering, logistics, and financial. At some point, they added research and development. The small businesses who bid on OASIS could only submit past performances for evaluation that were sufficiently complex to span at least three of the previously mentioned core disciplines under various contract types, such as time and material and cost plus fixed fee. Trust me, the small businesses that made the cut for OASIS are the small businesses that you want to benchmark. So let's take a look at them. In 2014, there were 108 small businesses selected to Pool 1. That's the pool where most of the quote-unquote normal work came from. Essentially, everything came out of Pool 1. The other pools addressed very specialized services such as weapons production, biotechnology, and aviation's parts manufacturing. By 2019, so many Pool 1 small businesses had been acquired by big companies, yours truly included, that they had to have an OASIS on-ramp to accept more new small businesses on the contract. This also entailed the off-ramp of graduated small businesses. Of the 58 small businesses that were awarded an OASIS contract vehicle spot in 2019, 53% were ISO certified and 31% had CMMI Level 3 appraisal, which is a comparable corporate credential to ISO. These numbers are way off though. When researching these companies, several of them were joint ventures and didn't have a JV website, so I couldn't confirm if they had ISO certification or not. And nearly 10% of the awardees were Alaskan native owned small business. There are massive loopholes in contracting law that allow billion dollar Alaskan native owned companies to launch wholly owned subsidiaries to be their front, allowing them to compete against small businesses. These companies play by a completely different set of rules, so obtaining corporate credentials isn't as important for them. Still, the confirmed number of ISO certified and CMMI appraised awardees tell a compelling story. Let's take a couple of minutes to discuss the similarities and differences of ISO certification and CMMI appraisal. These are the two main corporate credentials in the federal government contracting industry. Both are equally respected and very similar. Both require compliance with industry best practices. However, there are two differences. The first difference is, ISO addresses broader corporate management functions, such as quality management, information security management, risk management, and so on. CMMI addresses customer delivery functions, such as software development and service delivery. The second difference is, cmi level 3 appraisal requires three completed projects that were at least nine months in duration to be audited conversely an iso certification audit only requires three or more months using company processes procedures and guidelines that meet the iso standard in fact having revenue is not even a requirement as a startup or small business you may only be eligible to obtain ISO certification. Now let's look at the extremely successful small businesses that were off-ramp grown OASIS. There were 26 off-ramp small businesses that had outgrown their small business size threshold. And these companies didn't just barely eke over their small business size threshold, they graduated with a vengeance. The largest was a $300 million per year company. Think about this. Only five years earlier, when they were awarded their OASIS contract, they had a three-year running average less than $16.5 million. All I can say is, wow, 23 out of these 26 rapidly growing small businesses were ISO certified. 23 out of 26. That's 88%. Those numbers are hard to argue with. Let's think about this, there's a common trait that nearly nine out of 10 small, extremely successful businesses possess. I'm not a rocket scientist, but that is a trait that I would want my company to have. Again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Look at what things are contributing to the success of companies that are where you want to be in a few years and follow their lead.